Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Oh, I love that music every single time. I love it. I love it. Welcome back. This is another edition of Food, Faith, and Feeling, and I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett. Uh, I am a licensed psychologist, and I specialize in eating disorders, and um, I have a great, great guest today. We are bringing in our, um, our experts in different areas, and we are still talking about dieting and what is healthy and what is not. And so today, to speak about the medical component, is Barb Luttrell. Barb, welcome. Thank you, Jeannie. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my educational background, I'm a nurse, and I've been a nurse for 40 years, and I started with a two-year degree uh, at Youngstown State University in the 70s, and then I went to two colleges to advance my degree in Georgia. Brunel, I got a bachelor's in nursing, and at Georgia State, I got a um, master's degree in psychiatric nursing. And so, in my long career, I've learned a lot about the different diseases and how they metabolize and what kind of problems that you run into. So that's wow. pretty much, yeah, been in the business a long time. Yes, and you have so, you have... That, that doesn't even begin to um, tell the audience about who you are and how talented you are. But um, let's get right into it. Let's, let's discuss some of the potential pitfalls of different um, dieting, uh, I guess, the dieting things that are going on out there, you know, the different schemes about, oh, this is how you lose weight. Um, so let's start first off. Uh, talking about paleo, whole 30, slash no carbohydrates. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, what you think maybe some of the pitfalls could be, Barb. Okay. Well, there are a lot of diet-related diseases, and um, a lot of them, because they are slow and develop over time, you know, it's just not like you fell and broke your leg and it hurts and you go and get it fixed. So they kind of start and grow on you and you get used to the symptoms. And some people even just get used to feeling bad, you know, and this becomes the baseline and they forget what nutrition can bring to your lifestyle, you know. So let's start with um, high-protein diets. And then let's talk about lactose-free and gluten-free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because all of these free restricted things are taking away normal vitamins and minerals that you get that cause metabolic imbalances that cause diseases. So we'll talk about that. But with high protein diets, uh, the biggest problem we have with those is quick weight loss. And I think you have to be careful with quick weight loss. If you convert your metabolism to burn fat, which is how they're designed, through uh, ketosis, which is a normal metabolic state when you don't have enough um, carbohydrates to uh, create the fuel that you need for your body, then your body turns and goes to fat for fuel. And then as it burns up all the fat, then it goes to muscle base 
to burn up the fuel. You know, it could be your heart. It could be any muscle. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful with diseases like that. It can lead to kidney failure, stroke, heart attack, heart failure. So how can so, someone... I'm sorry. You're not going to... No, go ahead. Go. go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, how can someone make sure that they don't go from fat burning to muscle burning? Um, I'm not sure exactly how a nutritionist would counsel a person on a ketone diet, but I do know that it um, there's symptoms that you get when you start to burn, and one of them is fatigue, dizziness, brain fog. Um, there's just quite a few of them that can make you feel just like your things aren't right, achiness all over, things like that, nausea, vomiting. So those symptoms do go away within a couple of weeks after starting a ketone diet or they calm down, so to speak. So you would know it right away, but then if you waited that period out, you may not notice it, so you you know could get caught off guard. The other way is the test strips. They sell them in the pharmacy for ketones, and you can dip your, into your urine, and you can see what color you're burning, and it'll go up and up and up and level till it's a very dark purple, and then that means you're burning just about all fat. So um, good news, bad news, your body needs fat. You know, we think that's a bad thing, but it's not. It's the one that, you know, greases the joints, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we were, when we were talking with Sarah last week, we were saying that, you know, a lot of times people think that fat does make you fat, and that is not the case. Mm-hmm. It's an essential nutrient, you know. There's macronutrition and there's micronutrition, and when I think of macronutrition, I think the percentages of uh, protein, carbohydrate and fat, we need to actually fuel the body and a certain caloric intake that would be normal and healthy that your body would need every day. And, you know, depending on your size, your body could probably, you can't go lower than 1,200 calories without burning fat. So, because those are fuels that need to be burned. So, wait, wait, wait. you said you can't go lower than 1,200 calories. What does that mean? Say that again. Okay. Basically, it depends on your size. Like if you're four foot eleven and you weigh a hundred pounds and you eat twelve hundred calories, you're pretty much going to maintain your weight. You could possibly even lose weight on that low caloric. You know, just generally speaking, an average adult needs probably a female between eighteen hundred and twenty-two calories to fuel their body for the day for the energy they need to work their parts, you know, like it takes energy for the brain to produce thoughts and feelings. And if you don't feed your brain, then you you get serious consequences. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so tell us how, okay, so you were, you were speaking a little bit about ketosis versus ketoacidosis. What's the difference? Is, yeah, tell us what's the difference again. Well, um, ketoacidosis is a pathological metabolic state. Um, It's usually caused by alcoholism, starvation, diabetes, dehydration, things like that. But you can get, like, for example, young athletes, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but some of them in their early um, 20s, they will party all night, drink all night, have a lot of alcohol, 
and they haven't eaten, and then they'll go out and play a game, and they'll have a cardiac arrest on the middle of the court. And a lot of that has to do with just not, you know, managing the fuel that your body needs in order to operate. So um, there's just certain diseases, and they sneak up on you, and you think they're never going to happen to you. And then there's chronic diseases that develop with aging based on your lifestyle and your eating style also. But back to ketoacidosis, um, I think people don't even realize when they're starving anymore, especially if they have an eating disorder, because I think they lose perspective in um, being hungry or not. And there's also a component of restricting certain foods and things like that. So it's just when you're in, not well physically, and you know you're not well physically, and you don't have energy, it's it's worth it to get a good physical in the first place. Yeah. I, well, I mean, obviously we understand a lot about um, malnutrition and uh, different things with um, eating disorders. Um I tell you what, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about um, the gluten-free diet. A lot of people are big on the gluten-free diet. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, Just in summary, gluten is the part of the wheat grain that has, it's almost like a pasty glue-type substance. But wheat has a lot of valuable vitamins and minerals that you use. So whenever you make a choice to go gluten-free, you have to make a decision, almost like a cost-benefit analysis. You have to decide. Like people who have celiac disease, they cannot metabolize gluten, and therefore they need to be gluten-free in order to feel good. You know, But in other cases, some people have like a discomfort reaction. Like a lot of times, depending on what our homeostasis is in our body, what our balance, what our digestion's like, we can eat a piece of toast and be fine, and then in another situation, eat a piece of toast and our lips swell. You know, and it's not really an allergic reaction. It's a combination of events. But if you have that happen every time you eat wheat, then you obviously have an allergy, and that can be tested for. But I think a lot of the promotion of gluten-free has to do with the way we process our food. In the last decade or so, when we are processing bread now, we really break it down into small parts, and it is almost, you know, mushy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where um, in the old days, we cracked wheat, but we had big kernels, and along with the digestion of the wheat, it would go down through the uh, colon, and the roughage of the whole thing would help clean out the system. And I... I really theorize that there's uh, not enough cleaning of that system that's going on with today's processing and people are reacting to gluten and they feel better when they're gluten-free, but they're not allergic to it and they don't have celiac disease and it's a personal choice. So back to bread, Um, you know, I'm a pizza fan. And so, and, and, and so is Oprah. She likes bread. <laughs> and in my life, it would be a huge cost to give up gluten, you know. So although I know they have gluten-free pizzas I've eaten, I have two gluten-free uh, grandkids. But um, it's just interesting 
the price people pay to be gluten-free. And sometimes I see my patients with the eating disorders using it as, as the gluten-free as an excuse to isolate. Well, I can't go out to dinner with you because I'm gluten-free and that's Panera Bread, you know. <laughs> they, they, what are they going to have for me? But again, look back at what you're paying in order to be gluten-free. Because if there's no major chemical damage done, the nutrients that is in that bread is something that you very much need. Right. So I tell you what, we are uh, we are going to have to take a commercial break right now. And um, when we come back, let's let's kind of talk a little bit more about gluten, and then um, we'll talk about some other dieting pitfalls and. Uh, Barb, just hang on just a second and we will be right back. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Hard Exercise Works. They believe in really hard exercise, in the relentless pursuit of excellence. Results are earned, not given. Group training can be personal and fun. I personally love Hard Exercise Works. It has helped me to get back into shape. I don't focus on my food. I focus on the workout and I feel stronger and I feel healthier and happier. And that's what it's about. Hard Exercise Works in Johns Creek. Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of 10 years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, 10% of her gross commission goes to the MANA Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. Hello, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, the founder and executive director of the MANA Scholarship Fund. MANA Fund was created in 2006 to help those with eating disorders get access to treatment. Our mission statement is to practically address the epidemic of eating disorders by providing prevention, education, research, and financial assistance for treatment to all qualified individuals through well-administered programs. People out there have difficulty with their eating and develop eating disorders, and we are designed to help people who cannot get that treatment otherwise. So if you would like to sponsor this show or give a donation to the MANA Fund, please contact us through manafund.org. That is M-A-N-N-A fund.org or 770-495-9775. Thank you. Welcome back to Food, Faith, and Feelings. And again, we are always thankful to our sponsors. And if you would like to be a sponsor, please contact me at 770-495-9775. Uh, and we are back with Barb. And Barb, um, during the commercial break, we were talking a little bit more about um, about the gluten issue. Um, so 
give us a little bit of understanding um, about, you said, your the biggest issue for you with people not eating, eating wheat. Go ahead. Say, say it again. Okay. I just think that um, we have vitamins and minerals and nutrients that we need, and we do not get them in other places. Uh, like, for example, um, just the B vitamins. They are what you call water-soluble vitamins. Your body uses them while that vitamin's there and eliminates what it doesn't need. So if it doesn't get enough of it, it'll use what's there, but the other will be a vitamin deficiency. And vitamin deficiencies, like the B vitamins, I don't know if you know some of the symptoms that you go with, but... Um, just sleep disturbance and irritability and heartbeat problems, um, things like that, that really, they don't last because it is water-soluble, so the next time you eat something with a B vitamin in, it's going to go back there. But, you know, some days are diamonds and some days are stones. You wake up in the morning, you feel awful, and it's most likely because your body's not in homeostasis. It doesn't have the vitamins and minerals it needs. Hmm. Okay. So, well, don't would someone who takes a multivitamin be able to have a better balance that way? Depends on how good their absorption is, which is another nutritional issue. You know, we talked about with the colon. As food moves down through your digestive tract and it travels through the colon, that's when it's absorbed into the body fluids and distributed it around the body. And so, if your GI tract or if you have something like irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome, or if you overuse laxative, the bowel will actually inflame and swell and not absorb the nutrients that you need. So a lot of that has to do with your pH balance of your body. Do you know what I mean when I say pH? I do, but why don't you go ahead and explain that? I think it's fascinating. Okay. Your body has a certain balance between alkaline and acidic chemical metabolic states and we need that balance in order to have our nutrients uh, absorbed and digested and to have them used properly throughout the body and a lot of things that we do can create an acid imbalance like ketosis is puts you in an acid state and so that causes your immune system to respond and it will send out uh, soldiers, so to speak, and your body has an immune defense system. It'll send them out, but when they start fighting, they create an inflammation response. And then when that happens, uh, you can get anywhere from joint pain to a headache to nauseated, you know, things like that. So you just need a nice balance. And when you're taking a multivitamin, if your pH is normal, then you're going to absorb those vitamins. But if your pH is not normal, it might even be better to go to a nutritionist and just find out, you know, like my doctor does vitamin D because of my age, and I was vitamin D deficient, and now she prescribes just vitamin D3 for me. You know, Well, not just. She also does B12 because she knows I'm low on those vitamins. But you should get all the vitamins you need in a normal, healthy diet. But, you know, most of all today... I'm not even sure people remember what a North a normal healthy diet is, right? Exactly. Um, 
and we know because we we work with it every day it's a balance of carbohydrates which you can get from grains you can get from vegetables you can get from fruits you can get from sugars and uh, let's see what else do we need dairy protein fat right great and I think one of the biggest things I see with a lactose-free diet is that people then, their calciums go low. And you can get calcium in green leafy vegetables and things like that, but when you think of kids growing up especially and trying to develop their bones, um, you know how little kids will run in the house and take a drink of milk and then run back outside. Mm-hmm. You're not going to come in and make a salad or, you know, feed themselves some salmon. <laughs> so even though you can give them those diets and their meals a day, um, the thing about our society is eat and run. And I think we have to, when we eliminate a food, and it's a convenient food that we regularly use for vitamins and minerals, then we're not getting that there. So are we getting it somewhere else? And I think those are important because, um, you know, dairy products are one of our best sources of calcium. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, I am so thankful for you and all of the knowledge that you bring, not only to the show today, but also to our MANA staff. Um, and we always end our, uh, our interviews with a verse of the day. And did you, do you have a, happen to have a verse of the day or a verse that you particularly like um, that might be related to this food stuff that we're talking about and dieting? Well, I have two that I really like, and they help me with my own personal perfectionism. When I hear talks on nutrition, you know, it triggers something to me. Oh, I've got to do this now, and I've got to do it right, and I've got to learn how, and all of this thing. But in Philippians 1, 6, it says, um, he who began the good work in you will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. And, and that's really the Holy Spirit in you working. So in Matthew 5, he says to take one day at a time because each day has a has enough problems of its own. So you need to break things down into small, manageable parts. You don't have to just say, oh, my gosh, I'm not eating right. I have to do something. What you need to say is, I'm not feeling very good right now. I am going to move in the direction of, um, you know, doing the healthy right thing for me. I also like Romans 8, 28, that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, People called according to God's purposes, uh, all things work together for good. Right. And that is exactly how God created nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Everything works together for good. And so I think when, when we talk about dieting, um, you know, one of the things uh, that I that I always stress with, like, especially to my friends who are like, oh, I've got to lose weight. Um, some of them are, you know, I, I think are they're just doing it to make themselves feel better because they look phenomenal to me and to most other people. And so it's, it's just so important that um, we balance out our diet. We balance out um, our exercise. We balance out our sleep. We balance out work. We balance out play. And that 
not everything, you know, is you don't do one more of one than the other. And so I think it's very important. So I agree with that. And I think that it's, it's good to notice, you know, when we're out of balance, but not be panicked by it. Just get back in balance, you know, notice it and then press the restart button. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Barb, you are such a delight. Um, Absolutely adore you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I actually would love to have you come back on and talk about psychiatric medication. I'd be glad to do that. All right. I'd love it. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you later. Okay. God bless.